0: Welcome to the Online Gaming Podcast, show number three. We'll be reviewing Board Game Geek and Travian today. I'd like to go over how I go about doing these reviews, because some questions have been asked. When I go to one of the online board gaming sites that I know of, and I go to play the games, I usually play one of each of the games that are available. It's why some of the bigger sites I haven't reviewed yet is because it takes a while to play all of the games, but a lot of questions have been raised more about the browser-based games, um, mainly because I I only have a limited time to review those. Usually I play them for two to three weeks, and in general, that's really not enough time to get a clear experience of the game. It's why I'll be doing follow-up reviews for a number of the online browser-based games. Uh, X, Travian, Imperia Online, um, and many of the others that I'm going to be reviewing. I will come back to them in three, four, five months um, in this podcast and review them again based on an experience of playing them for a lot longer. Travian especially was one of those games that it was very hard to review after only playing it for two to three weeks. It is a, a slower-building game that builds to a very big crescendo after a couple months of playing. So my review now may be quite different than later. In fact, the game I reviewed last week, uh, well, two weeks ago, has already changed. There have been some graphical updates, there have been some changes that I was critical, uh, I I pointed out as weaknesses, and they've already been fixed. Um, So doing a follow-up review may help you to uh, determine which games might be better to play based upon a longer experience of playing them. Uh, reviewers, especially game reviewers, have a lot of trouble of having to review a lot of games with only a short amount of time to do it in, and you don't get to the good stuff at the end, which is why I'll be doing these are for the online board gaming sites. This is because the board gaming sites I'm picking initially don't have that many games available for them. When I get into the bigger names, Four of which come to mind, uh, those reviews will be a lot longer. In fact, the one for Burt Spielveld, which is considered to be the top online board gaming site, will probably be in more than one podcast. Okay, well, as that's out of the way, let's get on to the review. And this week's online game board gaming site is Board Game Geek. Now, Board Game Geek, for those who don't know and somehow on this podcast anyways. Board Game Geek is the premier database for board games. It's it's to board games what IMDB is to movies. If you're looking for a board game card game, dice game, you go to Board Game Geek, you'll look it up. It's got player aids and all that kind of stuff. But what I am specifically want to talk about is the fact that they have some online games available. Now, the three that they have uh, listed are Tigers and Euphrates, or Euphrate and Tigris, they use the German name, of Heller und Fenning, which is Kingdoms, um, and Roads and Boats. Now, I've been unable to play a game of Roads and Boats uh, against another player. The uh, solo scenarios are okay, but I was hoping to get a multiplayer game in, but I was unable to do so. Uh, there are a number of players on playing Tigris and Euphrates. It's not too hard to find a game of that. Interestingly enough, the Board Game Geek uh, games are not interactive. They are... um, They're PHP and MySQL based. You take your turn, you say, I'm done with my turn, and then the next player then takes their turn. I believe you may get notified by email when it is your turn... I wasn't able to completely verify that as my email address was inadvertently incorrect on the system, and I haven't seen a message from it yet. But I will. But I'm going to assume that it does. uh, Does notify you when it is your turn by email? Okay. So I played. a game of, uh, Tigers and Euphrates, you get the tiles, you click the buttons, and it tells you where you can place the tiles, uh, the farms placed on the rivers, and stuff like that, um, and a game of Kingdoms, Kingdoms, uh, it's the off Heller and Fenning version, which is, uh, not as, and I haven't seen the German version, so I don't know, in Kingdoms there's a lot of color, and there's a dragon, and, and, a, and treasure, and this, that, and the other. The one online is basically just positive numbers, negative numbers, and your little castles you put down. So, uh, I would... It would be nice if it had more graphics to it, but I can understand that uh, that may be a copyright infringement, and they just like to have you be able to play the game rather than have to deal with copyrights. Um, Tigers and Euphrates, as well, is kind of uh, lax in the graphical area, but... Uh, the game itself, the gameplay is there. So, and as I said, roads and boats, it, it works. Again, it's not as very graphical, but uh, I was unable to play it against other people. Um, so that's board game geeks, online games, uh, PHP MySQL based, kind of a play by email type system where you take your turn and you wait for your the other player. Games can take days to play, but. It's easier to get a game together because you don't have to worry about everybody being online at the same time. Um, Roads and Boats, I found it hard to find two players for. Maybe there are other places to play Roads and Boats I don't know about. Um, I think Cyberboard or Vassal might have it. So that might be the reason why they don't have as many players on there. Okay, so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I will be reviewing Travion.
1: Here's the top ten reasons to listen to The Dice Tower, a podcast all about board games. Number ten, if you're listening to this, then you probably dig top ten lists, and there's one in every episode. Number nine, it's way edgier than NPR. Number eight, you don't want to be the last person in your gaming group to know about Moritz Eggert and Rick Thornquist's gaming news. Number seven, Tom's soothing voice has been proven to lower stress levels in lab monkeys by 63%. Number six, you can never have too many contributors, and the Dice Tower features at least five every week. Number five, it's the only way to find out whether Tom Vassell is really that positive. Number four, you can feel like a globetrotter without having to actually fly to Korea. Number three, unlike your favorite TV show, you can count on a new episode every week. Number two, you can say you were there at the beginning after it becomes a massive global phenomenon. And number one reason to listen to The Dice Tower, you'll finally be able to put a voice to those 4,921 game reviews you read online. So come out and join us at www.thedicetower.com and listen to our weekly episode of The Dice Tower. We'll see you there. This podcast is proudly listed at the best podcasting directory on the internet, podcastpickle.com. We now return you to your regularly scheduled download already in progress.
0: Okay. We're back. Travian. It's a medieval based game. There are six servers. Um, that you can play on that um, I chose uh, server 6 when I first uh, decided to play because it had the fewest players on it, and then server 1 as they put on their newest version. Uh, Servers 2 through 5 are running version 2, server 1 is running version 3, and I'll get to what version 3 adds a little later. You can play three different uh, nationalities, the Romans, the Teutons, and the Gauls, and each one of them has an advantage. No, the Romans have some advantages. Uh, they can raise or extend a building or resource fi- field simultaneously. Uh, most times, you can do one thing at a time. Uh, the Romans have the ability to put up a building um, and uh, raise a crop field or uh, or mine. Um, at the same time, which is a, which is a pretty big advantage. Um, they are good wall builders. They have the highest defense on their walls, which historically makes sense. Um, their merchants carry uh, the fewest resources, so um, they need a larger marketplace to transport, so that's a bit of their disadvantage. Um, their infantry is very powerful, and their cavalry is okay. They are the most expensive to field an army, though. Um, and this has been complained about in the forums, that they may be too expensive. So uh, There's the Teutons. The Teutons are the aggressive race. They have a plunder bonus. When they attack, uh, the enemy can only hide two-thirds of their stuff rather than the full amount. Uh, their merchants can carry the most... Uh, resources, but they're the slowest. Their troops are cheap and fast and good plunderers, but they are very weak on the defensive side. So Teutons are easier to attack. Romans are harder to attack. And then there are the Gauls. The Gauls have a speed bonus. They are the fastest troops they have an average defensive bonus. They, get, they also get to build uh, walls that aren't bad. Their merchants are in between the Romans and the Teutons. Uh, the biggest advantage they get is their cranny, which is where you can hide your resources from plunderers and attackers, is twice as large, which means at level 10, I guess they can hide about 2,000 resources as opposed to 1,000, and that's huge. Um, if you are a type of player that likes to be a bit more passive, and doesn't like to be very aggressive and prefer to build up slowly, the Gauls is probably your race. If you prefer to be aggressive, you take the Teutons. If you want to kind of be in the middle, maybe the Romans are your best choice. Um, The Gauls also have the cheapest settlers, so theoretically they can spread faster. So, the interface screens, you've got... You've got about six basic screens. You have the village overview. This is where you build your resources fields. There are four different resources there's lumber, clay, iron, and crop. Um, crop is a persistent need. Each building and unit requires a constant supply of crop. So you're going to have your corn fields built up um, really high. You can keep upgrading them and they produce more resources. Uh, crop can be upgraded. I think to at least 10, though I've seen 12 in version 3, so you might be able to go further than 10. Um, and then there are some buildings that help enhance that as well. Um, uh, lumber, clay, iron, really you want to get at least all of your fields to a level one, but then start building up, um, some of them to level two, three, four, five. It, your production is exponentially higher. Mind you, you have to make sure that your cranny goes along with that so that you're not getting these extra resources just plundered. Um, Then there's the Village Center. This is where buildings are built. Um, There are a lot of buildings in the game. It makes it a very nice game. Though you need to build up buildings to a certain level before other buildings are available. There's a nice chart under the links section of the Travian website that will tell you what buildings need to be built for what reason uh you start with your main building the higher your main building the uh, less time it takes to build other buildings it also is required to be at certain levels before you can build certain buildings there's the barracks for troops marketplace for trading embassies used for alliances which are important the cranny very important i would suggest as soon as you can to build that up um on server one, which had a server reset, I already have my cranny at level six. I just, I do not like having my resources stolen on server six, where I have production of about 50 per hour on all my resources. Uh, I already have a level 10 cranny and a level uh, two as as well, um, which is protecting 1,200 or 1,300 resources. I, I, in the game, you can be attacked over and over again. All of your resources can be stolen if you don't have a cranny, so cranny is very important. Uh, other buildings, warehouse allows you to store more resources, granary is to store crop. Warehouse only stores the the, the lumber, clay, and iron. Granary is required for crop. Uh, once you build up your barracks and your main building high enough, you can get an academy. To build better units, blacksmith for better units, stables for cavalry, um, an armory for increasing the armor on your units. Um, you need to build a rally point. That's where your forces all gather together to attack. If you are, if you wish to be aggressive, um, in order to build a barracks, you need to have a rally point. But if you um, are just building defensive forces, you don't have to build your rally point up too high. Uh, there's also a residence or a palace. This is where you can make settlers, uh, city walls. There's resource-enhancing buildings. And there are some more buildings I haven't gotten to because I haven't played long enough. I'll get to them in the follow-up. And they're also in that chart that I was talking about that you can find. Um, Surrounding map is another screen you can see. And this is where you can see where your neighbors are, um, who you can trade with or maybe try to get an alliance with them. So you can all band together. You want to try to get an alliance with people who are close to you because um, otherwise they can't really send defensive troops because they won't make it in time (laughs) to protect you. Uh, There's the messages screen. Uh, Alliance messages, other messages, people sending you resources. The statistics screen, this uh, shows various statistics. It shows more if you have the plus, but um, you know, certain things how you've been doing Uh, reports is generally who's attacking you um and what the result was Um, and you want to check that often to make sure you're not being uh, farmed or something like that farming for those who don't know is when you're being attacked multiple times for someone who just wants to steal all your resources um, one of the more important things in the game is alliances. Uh, a lot of the other games, it seems like you join an alliance to um, not be attacked or to uh, gather together to attack a certain foe. Um, in this game, that's not too much different, though Travian seems to be a much more social game than some of the other ones. A lot more messages, alliances seem to be done uh, a lot more readily. It seems a lot more social than some of the other games. The forums for Travian are very good. They let you know what you're doing wrong. When I uh, put up a complaint about farming, I thought that there would be a limit to how many times you could be attacked by one person within a time limit. They were just—they just told me you need to build your cranny up higher, Um, (laughs) and I did. So uh, the forums are also very good spot, uh, very good place to find alliances while I was complaining about my cranny, someone else said, well, yeah, I had the same problem. I built my cranny, but this guy keeps attacking me. Someone else says, oh, you're on my same server. You want to join my alliance. So um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of that. Now for the pay option, there's something called Travian Plus. Travian Plus gives some nice extra options. Uh, queuing. A resource look forward. It shows you when you'll have enough resources to build a building. It is kind of nice. Better statistics, uh, larger map view, better combat simulator, notepad, and a sorting function on the marketplace. So you can try to find where you can buy uh, material. Uh, You can sort it by, you know, I'm looking for lumber. So sort by who's got the lumber. The plus function is $2.99 a month. Or you can buy a three-month for $6.99, or ten months for $19.99, and they're given to you in one-month coupons, so you don't have to use them continuously. You can go, oh, I, I want to use it right now for a little while, and then you can survive without it for some time and then redeem another one. Uh, you can also pay $19.99 for an entire year, but that's redeemable all at once. So, what was my play experience with Travan? in? Well, as I said uh, earlier, I I initially thought the game was kind of slow and boring, Um, but as I played it a little bit more, I got into an alliance and started getting the social aspects and started getting better at the game. I found it a little bit more engaging. I still think it's a game that takes a few months before you really get into it, Um, I think the servers last about a year before they reset, so I'm really interested in doing the follow-up review of this to uh, let you know how uh, how good it gets after you're playing at it for a while, but if you've just started playing and you find it a little bit slow, it will get better. Alliances. Alliances are, are, are pretty big. I found that um, once you get into alliance, the game kind of takes off a little bit more. So don't... Uh, if, if you're not in alliance, try to get into alliance. Just click on your neighbor's alliances. Make sure that uh, there are a lot of alliances I found out there that are nationality-specific, uh, Polish-only, Czech-only, Serbian-only. So if you find one that... Uh, doesn't have that kind of restriction, or if you are Polish Czech or whatnot, you might as well you know, go ahead and join. uh, Or try to join. Uh, But get into an alliance. Very important. And then the alliances will ally themselves with other alliances, and eventually you'll have this mega alliance, and you may end up being in the alliance that wins the game. Um, Be aware that there are a lot of people playing on each server, so um, the likelihood that you get into a very large alliance is, is a bit slim, but you never know. Uh, the different nationalities play very differently. As I was saying, the gulls are not really an attack race. They can be, but most people don't play them that way. You can try to play them that way, but they're not designed to be played that way. Um, I do suggest, like I said with Zelda Rex in show number one, to try to, come in every so often. I know a lot of people can't get in at work, but if you can get in for a few minutes every every hour or two, you'll be able to maybe build another building or check your resources or update your cranny or something like that just to make sure that you can build uh, continuously. One of the advantages of Plus is the ability to queue up um, but that only goes so far because eventually you're not going to have enough resources to queue. But I do suggest trying to get in there every once in a while and see if you can pop in a building or something like that. It's usually a minute or two. So um, even if you, uh, not, you aren't supposed to at work, maybe, you know, a quick minute here or there, you won't get noticed. But, you know, I know somebody, <laughs> some people have that issue Okay, I was going to mention that, uh, what, what changed in the third edition of Travian, and these are some great uh, new features. I just wanted to let you know that if you aren't on server one, this is what, what eventually will come or whatnot. Um, they added a capital. Each player can own one capital, in which the resource fields can be extended indefinitely, in theory. Uh, the capital cannot be conquered, um, which is a good thing. Um, Oasis's. On the map are woods, clay pits, mountains, and croplands. These are on uh, version 2, but they were just decorative. Now they're inhabited by wild beasts and can be plundered by heroes. Normal troops can be appointed as heroes. The heroes have five attributes and gain experience in combat. This was a, a highly requested feature in the forums, and uh, I'm I'm interested to see how it plays out. I don't have I don't have a big enough village to have a hero yet, but I'm very interested to see how the heroes work out. Uh, Improved graphics. The resource fields have their own graphics. In version 2, they were just colored hexes. Now they have graphics. Though I'm interested to see whether or not the graphics change when you get to a certain level of uh, the resource. Level 5, level 10, whether they look different. I don't think they do, but I'm interested to find that out. Trapper. Trapper is a new defensive building for the gulls. It can trap enemy troops. Sounds really interesting. Unfortunately, I'm not playing a gull on server one, so I won't be able to let you know how that works out. But um, if they switch any of the other servers over to version three, I'll go play a gull just to check out the trapper. Bigger map. The map is two and a half times as big as it was before, which means people will be more spread out and more people can theoretically play if the server can handle it. The culture points needed to increase. St- the culture points needed to increase are steeper after the third village. You need uh, culture points in order to extend your village outside of your initial city, and you need to build up the culture points. They are apparently making it more difficult to have more than three villages, which is probably a good thing. Uh, slows down the rapid expansion. They redid the battle script. Huge armies do not have such a great superior advantage anymore. Superiority advantage anymore. Um, I'm not entirely sure uh, how that changed. They don't. Uh, they don't go into any detail. Defense against catapults. Catapults don't make so much damage against definitively smaller accounts anymore. Um, I've never seen that play out, so I'm not sure how that will affect anything. Time zones. Time zone and date can be adjusted to one's own time and date. This is kind of nice. Previously, you had to go on the server time, which was a uh, German time. And if you weren't able to make the conversion in your head, sometimes it was very odd to see something saying it will take uh, until eleven thirty, and you're looking, and it's uh, you know six o'clock in the morning. You're thinking, "Wow, that's taking a long time!" But it was just server time or whatnot. Uh, Report filter, you can choose which merchant reports to receive and which not. Uh, Stonemason increases the durability of your buildings, your capital to 200% max. Um, I'm interested in that, though I haven't seen many of my buildings get damaged. UTF-8 character set. Um, They just updated the Travian uh, character set so that it's... Uh, the universal character set, which is nice. Faster combat simulator, tribe, and combat type can be changed with a click. Uh, I don't use the combat simulator much because I don't have a very large force yet, so I haven't had much experience with that, but I'm um, interested to see the differences between that and the old one. And improved in-game help. The in-game help previously I didn't find to be as Uh, Helpful. The new in-game help is very good. It's a little pop-up that comes up and tells you everything you need to know. It's it's, it's very good. So that's my review of Travian. Um, I definitely recommend anybody who's interested in browser-based games to try out Travian. Um, It's a very good game. It's very uh, well done. It's a mature game. Uh, It's been played for quite some time, and it's still supported very well. Uh, has a lot of players, and I believe it's uh, a game that everybody should have on their list if they play b- browser-based games. Uh, so next week, we'll be talking about the multiplayer online browser-based game Imperia Online, another medieval game. And the online board gaming site is Atari Play, which has a number of the uh, games like Monopoly and stuff online. We hope you enjoyed today's online gaming podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please go to onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com or email kdivine at yahoo.com.